episode of Bag Atrocious with your host, Michael Beginski, aka The Bagman. It is 11.06 a.m. on February 26th, and boy, this is totally not my second attempt at recording this podcast because the audio in the morning was too low for my liking, and I just, I don't like to whisper that much while I'm recording. Again, I live with multiple members of my family, and until I get my own place, it's very, very hard to record at all. Uh, The fact that I've got up to 17 episodes so far successfully is, that's my dog, by the way, uh, coughing as she sits on my lap, but uh, as I've been up to 17 episodes so far, it's surprising how long I've been doing this now. My life right now, not much has been happening, really. I mean, you know, trying to go out more, trying to do all that stuff. It's really hard to basically try to, you know, manage everything with recording this so everyone has an episode to um, listen to on Wednesday, take care of my dog who's in my lap because she loves barking at anything that she hears outside and I mean literally anything if there's a dog barking if there are keys that are jingling if she hears a person if she sees a baby carriage being moved by a person she will react and she will think that she has to go to it and usually when she does go to it and now I'm just gonna rant a bit because fuck it uh, she just stares she just stares and does nothing and then she growls when she doesn't have them stay with her for longer than she would like. Sometimes she doesn't do anything at all. Sometimes she just stands there. I sometimes think she's contemplating uh, the systemic nature of capitalism as she just stands in place and does absolutely nothing. It's quite and totally not frustrating when I'm trying to walk this dog in below two degree weather and she doesn't want to move and it's not because she's cold, it's because she doesn't know all of a sudden how to move forward. That's been your dog rant for today. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so dumb. But I'm here to talk about a few games. One of them that will probably take a majority of the podcast, the rest that I can pretty much uh, go over quickly. And I'll just quickly mention, I watched one movie recently, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Besides the one scene involving the women in that castle with that one night that I don't remember the name of, that movie is really fucking hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious with its animation, with everything that's going on with it. I absolutely love it. Um, What sucks is Terry Gilliam is a piece of shit, so it's hard to watch that movie and not remember. It's like, oh, right, Terry Gilliam, that asshole. So for right now, (laughs) I don't revere it as much in like you know with other people because i feel like people should discover that movie on its own because it's genuinely fucking funny i know how much influence it has on people who like to overly quote things or say be a professor at an english college or just a college in general i should say and write a book about it and not be annoying about it and recognize the flaws with monty python and that crew or just that movie in particular i mean so yeah, it's a good movie. 
But first up, we're going to talk about We Happy Few, which I was able to access through Xbox Game Pass, which again, it's a very, very good deal if you do not want to pay a full $60 for uh, the latest releases, especially with taxes, especially, and this is something that now, what I when I used to love buying games on the PSN store, I hate it now. Because now in the state of New York, it basically, you know, puts a tax on game sales. Now, I don't know how people feel about this. Like taxes, it's always important to pay taxes, shipping taxes on physical goods. I am not a fan of taxing on digital goods because there's no physicality to it. I don't think no one has made a good case for why taxing for, and I'm not saying for like, you know, when you're ordering something on Amazon, obviously you're getting a physical good delivered. Even like, but if you buy a digital code on there, there's no tax added to it. You know, and also Amazon's not the greatest example due to their heinous practices, but just to give one example. So when there's a state, and I think this is through the state and not Sony's doing, there's a state tax now enacted on purchases made through an online store in which most likely, I don't even know how it works. The state might never see any of that money. It pisses me the fuck off. Because now that discount, when, you know, if there's a discount on the storefront. And first of all, I'm going to talk about We Happy Few. So give me a moment for going on this random rant because I'm tired. But to see a discount on the store for, say, I don't know, Dead Cells, which you should absolutely buy. And then see, oh, that discount's not actually going to be discounted because then the tax is raised. So now I'm going to go on digital storefronts, which probably is what they want, like Humble Bundle and Green Man Gaming, to actually get that game at the price that I originally wanted to get on the PSN store. And it's just, it's not like some troubling, difficult thing for me. It's just like, man, I miss just buying it right in the store. And then just downloading immediately. Now I can't do that because I don't want to pay sales tax. I don't fuck sales tax on digital goods. It sucks. And we had a good run over here in New York where it didn't do that. But man, I don't even know how. Like, I wonder if there's sales tax on PSN in California. Probably. It's probably much worse than what we get. I mean, our sales tax is at like 8 point something percent. Theirs is like nine point something percent possibly i don't recall but back to we happy few this game i love the premise uh i remember this game as being something of one survival game that was in early access didn't play that well obviously because it was still in development and what the developers realized was people were were expecting uh a game similar in a bioshock uh uh, style of narrative based on the E3 trailer reveal, which granted that was a good E3 reveal for that trailer uh, and with that intro that they later showed, but I feel like they should have just stick to their guns with the survival stuff and granted that would have not let me play it, but I don't think even with the additional development time they had, I don't believe the storm. I love the premise it can be a little iffy on how the, the the joy pills, whether that that's handled in, in a narrative sense well, 
but I like it. Uh, and totally not because I'm in the mood for rebellious stories against fascism right now. Um, but just the narrative does not dwell well with the survival mechanics at play because some of the mechanics just almost don't work or they're okay and they're just not fun to play with. So the one positive thing so far that I can say in the beginning is there's an option to turn off the hunger and thirst level meters in the game or even just customize more than that for difficulty. And I appreciate that because I do not like hunger and thirst. That just makes me wary, well not wary, just avoid survival games because I don't want to deal with that shit. That just makes me not like the genre that much, which is the point of it. But just focusing on my health and stamina, that's fine with me. As it goes on, the intro for this game is really, really good. You know, just introducing with the characters, whether or not I actually like them, and just opening up the world. But then also how some mechanics are introduced with like stealth and fast travel. The stealth is so fucking weird to me because the only way, so there are like, you know, there are large green fields. I think this takes place in Britain or a fictionalized version of Britain. I don't remember exactly, but there's supposed to be like these large green fields with grass and, and like flower patches. And one of the flower patches is yellow. Uh, in certain areas or even when you're you know infiltrating like this one base with tanks which are revealed to be something else when you get to that mission I won't reveal what because I'm just I genuinely wonder how other people uh, feel about that moment and it's not like a good or bad thing it's just like that's a weird uh, like reveal but okay but there are like flower patches and one of them is yellow and when you crouch in them it gives a little marker, or not marker, it gives literally text, you are hidden. Now, you can't do that with any other flowers. And you've got to rely on the AI to not actually be in your vision of sight. Like, you know, focusing on vision cones and whatnot. But there are moments where all of a sudden the AI loses its pathing, which basically, you know, they're following a set path, or just like in the, in the context of the narrative, they're on patrol, like some of these guards for this one establishment. I had a guard bump into me while I was sitting in the in the flowers because they were not catching up to their fellow AI slash soldier to uh, do their patrol. So that immediately raised alarms. And then I had to do the combat, which is basically melee, which I don't, I thought, after thinking about it, I thought I enjoyed the combat in this game, and I really don't. It's just so just tiring and like it what sucks is I sometimes like to fight only in situations where anything else you can do anything else you can do you can't but you have to fight. I don't know if I meant made sense but it give me a break. And so there are moments where the stealth fails on me and I just have to go into combat and there's like 10 dudes. You cannot fight 10. Granted, you can't even fight three because of how the melee works with stamina and whatnot. It, you know, a lot of games do that where the stamina meter is in relation to how you punch, how you uh, traverse. But 
in this game it just feels like it was never made for that and so and so basically it's just a, a matter of trial of error where you're just focusing on avoiding combat as much as possible and then when getting into combat still trying to avoid it it, it just doesn't work for me and once I got to basically where the game has been marketed a bunch in, which is the um, the main town where everyone's on their joy, there are multiple cops with that mask. Like that, that character design is really cool. I know it's just a dude with like this mask, but I love that character design. And that's the only character design I like because none of that is reflected in anyone else. Either people look like exact copies of you with different color hair. Like, this is supposed to be like a 70, 80-year-old dude you meet. And he looks exactly like you, but his hair is, is dyed gray. Like, it's not old. He doesn't have wrinkles. Like, multiple women look the same. And, and that's, everyone's white. Just, just to put that out there. Everyone's just white. So, just to give you an idea what game this is. And everyone has the same type of, even if they have a different hairstyle they have the same type of like character model and you know at first it's like okay you know games of varying sizes always deal with this because you know it's hard to come up and constantly create different types of unique characters but in this you see them all the time and then you realize that boy could, was there not any variation of a awkward uh rebellious british individual you could create like it's a bit much now so with that said i still I, even i feel slightly cynical as i say this but i really really love the work they put the team put into this in terms of like building this story about finding your brother i think because basically the story is about this dude i think not Nigel, it's not Nigel, the main protagonist, but basically, you know, fascists took your brother uh, on a train, and you have to go find him in, I think, New York. They took him to New York, that's what I believe. Maybe, maybe it's not Europe, I don't remember. It's complicated. A very big town, oh no, is it London? Whatever. I say still try it out. If you like it, if you or if you vibe with the mechanics, it really works. It, it will, I mean, excuse me, it will work for you. But for me, to quote Spike Lee, it's not my cup of tea. Next up, god damn it, that video is fucking wild of how happy. I mean, it's right after you know he won an Oscar and everything for the first time. I think, which is crazy, because I'll be real. Black Klansman, I don't think is that good. I literally think that movie is, here's the movie that teaches white people about race. That's basically what that movie is. And I say that as a white person because I've seen it before and I'm tired of it. And I know Spike Lee is smarter than that, especially when he has conversations with, you know, anyone. At least I believe. I mean, granted... Maybe he's not that smart if he still relies on the Knicks as being a good team. I'm sorry, Spike. And I'm sorry, Deezus and Mero, but that's the truth. Um, what was I going? Oh, right. Forza Horizon 4. Forza... Man, you know, I've played a lot of racing games in my time. I've played open-world games with racing, and I, I've never seen cars look this beautiful in my life. 
like I am actually very happy and privileged to just be able to afford hardware to be and to run a game and have it look the way it look it is breathtaking how like the, the team at playground you know like they've always just made either horizon or motorsport and they're really good at it and they do a great job at it every time it makes me regret never playing the previous horizon games because this game so far i'm still in the beginning so it hasn't really opened up to me but it's a lot of fun it's just a lot of fun driving in that game and visually it just looks stunning um and it has it basically has the premise that the crew 2 also did which is oh you're an influencer you're trying to build up your influence you know do these races do all that stuff but the presentation in Horizon 4 is a lot better than the Crew 2. Like, people, I like, I tried playing that beta on PS4. I don't know how the full release looked on PS4, but that game looks ugly as fuck. Like, that game does not look visually appealing at all, and maybe on PC it would look better, but it just looked ugly as hell. And here, granted, I'm running on Ultra settings, this game is really really fantastic um but i can't really say much more much of more that's not how you speak much else uh until i get deeper deeper into it and i have time i did their uh game pass what was it called the game pass not bundle no, it was the thing with, was it with Cracked? I don't even fucking remember. It's like where I, I got a thing where I bought one month of Xbox Game Pass and got another month for free. So I don't have it expired until April, which is great. But April's coming soon and coming quick. So yeah, I, I say check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a really fun time. And my apologies if I seem like I'm speeding through this because really... I, I want to dedicate, like, the majority of this podcast to <sighs> a game that I really makes me scared for the future of Bioware and about the future for anything else Bioware does in the future. And that's uh, Anthem from, I believe, Bioware Edmonton, Edmonton and Montreal. That was again my dog anthem is something anthem was a game that i wasn't expecting to love and granted i was right but i wasn't expecting bioware to not only have the most bare bones premise for a game i've seen in a while but also just a very very repetitive and let me just get it out of the way first. Have you played Destiny or its sequel, The Two? Then Anthem might seem familiar because it's basically Destiny and Destiny 2. It's in third person, but the gist of the game is you're this mech, or I should say, you're in these body suits, ugh, these body suits of armor, similar to like Iron Man. Uh, and there's four different types of armor you can play as. One of them you are forced, well, no, excuse me. One of them uh, you have to choose, and then as you level up, 
then you can unlock the others for you know if you want to use them for other missions but it's like by the time the game ends it's i only unlocked three out of the four body armor and i've only used one exclusively which is the storm class so there's storm there's the and they're all called javelins i could go into the story bits that i remember in a moment there's the storm there's i don't remember the fucking name i'm just gonna call him quicksilver because he looks like quicksilver the main like color for him there's uh juggernaut again we're just calling them x-men and then the main dude basically i'm iron man but yellow and the default class and so you're basically what's known as a freelancer and there are different type of factions both enemy and ally or quote-unquote ally there's the sentinels which are basically the cops of this universe freelancers are basically like the rebels the anarchists not the anarchists are the anarchists i don't fucking remember whatever they're called with the a uh they're basically the scholars they're basically that type of uh, uh faction and then you have different type of enemy factions you have this i think it's called the scab and then there's the outlaws which the outlaws in this game from afar they look like uh the generic template you would do for uh aliens and not like really not uh james cameron's aliens but specifically like the idea of aliens like they look like little green men but when you come up close it's just dudes with helmets in specific suits that's the only type of enemy faction i actually like the visual design of so there's outlaws there's the scab which is like apparently humanoid insects and there's stuff with them that sounds really cool but is barely mentioned in the main game because everything is hidden behind uh menus and menus of lore then there's the dominion which is like the main enemy faction you're dealing with who are led by this one dude called the monitor which man did 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 ea and bioware not know that dc had a villain also called the monitor that wants to or is a a, a universal powerful being like you're kidding me right they didn't see that so and also even in the context of the game it's like the monitor is such a dumb name for a villain so you're basically the story gist of it is like you're trying to prevent the dominion from calling on what i think is called the the anthem or the call of the anthem i could not pay attention to half the stuff that was going on and that's sad to say for a bioware video game genuinely sad like i don't sure the combat is generic sure the mission design is generic whatever I've really, you know, I still had fun controlling the character. It's literally just that I was not interested in anything that was going on that makes me really disappointed in this game. And that's coming from someone who played Mass Effect 2 and 3 and tried to play Inquisition and, you know, loved those games. Like, I loved just in 2, just meeting Garrus, well, well, let me give a little background. I never played the first game because I owned a PS3 at the time. And Mass Effect 2 didn't come out on like PS3 till like, I believe, 2011. Which like a year after the 360 release. Because, you know, the PS3 was a horrible console to develop for. And so they had the little uh, digital comic with it to give 
the choices that you would have made if you played the first game and put it for two. I basically started playing. I was introduced to characters like Garrus, Rex, just all these, um, Liara, just, just so many great fucking characters that while I don't have a great memory of like remembering certain aspects or moments from the series, maybe a few, it's, it, they, they were so memorable. Like the final mission in that game is to go all in with your squad and pick specific teams to make sure that they survive this mission because one of the members of this team could die and they could not show up in the third game which you know at the time was never fully announced but that was how it was you know perceived here and with inquisition you know it's the third in the series i never played origins i saw a whole walkthrough of uh the second game but i just never played it Inquisition was a lot of fun at the time, and I just could never get past it because of the uh, boss I was stuck on in this different dimension, and I still don't remember what part I was on to specifically name that part, because it was this weird, grotesque monster in this toxic, toxic excuse me, gas environment, and I just don't remember. It was near a prison, maybe? Something. It was dealing with the conflict between the mages and the the, the elves, I think. I, again, I don't remember. But here it's like, I know some names. Like, I like characters named Bryn, but she was a side mission. She was basically like, here's the contract board, do your missions, here's some dialogue here and there. Here's a story beat after you do a multiple amounts of missions I'll give you. Uh, then there's a person named Dex later on, which I won't go into spoilers how she comes into play, but she's really cool, but she almost is characterized in a way that I worry is almost too much like Joss Whedon's female characters, where it's, how should I say it? It's basically, I'm all strength, but that's it. I am the strong female character, but I don't have flaws like any other human woman out there. Like... There's a character named Halleck. He reminds me of like, he's basically, and maybe he is, I don't know, but he, he, I perceive him as Samoan and he reminds me of the character from uh, Moana that Dwayne Johnson plays, but there's not much personality after that. It's just a really, really, really boring character that apparently in the beginning was with you and i completely forgot about that because the beginning of the game is set up like it's the end of the game like there's no like flashback like flashback to like before that it's literally like oh this is the present and now it's like two months two years after that or whatever it's just horrible and all these other characters you made it's like i don't know what the fuck you are am i supposed to react a certain way there's a dude, and I won't say who, that later on becomes a traitor. Spoilers. Someone tr betrays you in this game. Not going to say who. And then all of a sudden kind of gets redemption because of a random weird reason. And granted, I don't care about the story about this in this game because it's just boring. But when I saw that moment, I was like, wait, why the fuck are you letting this dude go? Do you know what he did to y'all? 
do you know what he just did last time you were in this room and you're just letting him go like oh i apologize now thank you for forgiving me even though granted in her dialogue and i chose a woman because i like her acting a lot the, the actress who plays her she showcases like i don't fully trust you you're still a dipshit but it's also like why are you letting him go why are you acting like now like i didn't understand the fuck out of his motivations whether it was like are you doing this to work with the dominion okay you were now they're not now what the hell were you really doing this for to to, to not be on the sidelines or whatever sure whatever but <laughs> there's a lot of moments in this game that again to go back on the joss whedon point feel like people like they saw avengers and granted I, this is coming from someone who loved avengers when i saw it at like what it was 2012 i saw that at 17 i loved that movie at the time i replayed it recently that movie i cannot replay or watch anymore that movie does not hold up anymore just visually you know just joss whedon's writing just knowing about who joss whedon as a person as a reason and how he's not the feminist icon people think he is but it's just it feels like they saw joss whedon's work and thought we can do that too times two and then divide by six and that's anthem it's joss whedon times two divided by six carry the four i don't know math well but i and even i didn't even get into like how you access and just traverse menus so there's a hub level where it's in first person and basically where the actual quote-unquote bioware stuff happens where you're talking to people you don't really make dialogue choices because there's still dialogue written for the character you just choose once or twice out of certain like you know pieces of dialogue what to continue with next and granted yeah it does you know change things but it doesn't reflect in the game it only reflects in like interactions with the character it doesn't reflect i'm not saying like the woman you meet who thinks you're her daughter is going to reflect widely on the world if they designed around that way but nothing feels like it's just these moments of dialogue is just to uh up the number count on my my loyalty to different factions in order to get blueprints for weapons which by the way the loot in this game is boring oh my god how like it's your generic assault sniper machine pistol heavy pistol sniper i just said sniper twice um marksman rifle but there's no visual like flair to them it's just it's just more of third person shooting and it's boring the only thing that really makes it for me is like the the trigger powers and also just you know your your traversal abilities just with flying which even they limit that which i get in some regards because you know they don't want you to go all the way up to the sky they don't want you to constantly be flying but if you give me this and i go into free play and i don't have missions and i'm just exploring why can't i unlimited fly why can't excuse me that made no sense how i said that why can't i fly for an unlimited amount of time like why it sucks like i have to worry about 
uh, fly into waterfalls, which, again, this game is really pretty. This game is a very beautiful game, but it also feels empty and desolate. There's nothing going on in this world except random animals that you can kill if they see you, which half the time they do, and sometimes the world events happen. It is absolutely what people reacted to Destiny 1, and that should not be a thing that happens with every new, like, as Alex Navarro from GiantBomb.com calls it, schluter, looter shooter which I'm gonna gonna coin that by Alex. That's I'm gonna use that from now on. You schluters, you schluters. You know it's it's so. And what's surprising is so I played 25 hours of this game. Now, my criticism for this game may sound like like a contradiction compared to the amount of time I put into it, but um, that's my dog moving her lips as she sleeps on my lap but I like the again it's literally playing the game that I like but everything else around it through like the menus where there's a hub world and when you go to your uh, to take off there's a menu for the map and then there's a loading screen for going into the world now there was loading in Destiny and Destiny 2 but it was snappy it was quick the, the the mouse type of menu design you know it's not for everyone and i don't think it works for me too but at least what you did in that game was quick as hell here it's just menu after menu like nothing about the menus are like visually appealing it's actually really hard to look at them at times because of how just barren and boring they are like, if you want to go into the codex and read about, like, the lore of, say, a type of species, you got to go into one marker, you got to go into, like, it's it's so cumbersome. It's, it's really, it took me out of really involving myself in this world, and that's sad, because Bioware is always about creating these large worlds that have so many characters inhabit within it. And whether or not it's an open world game or not, it doesn't matter because the characterizations shines through. And through those characterizations, it makes, you know, it all worth it to play these games. But in Anthem, it just does not work at all. And that's really the main disappointing thing I have with this game. Nothing about the story intrigued me. Nothing about the characters intrigued me. Or not even intrigued me, but not, not nothing minus two or three of them really had my attention. Like, it was just tiring. I will say it's I appreciate the diversity that's on like on screen in terms of like the different types of people of you know, different types of race and like body types. Like I like that. But that's all I can say because only two characters in this game were interesting to me in terms of like what they had to say and where they were in their life it, it's it's sad like I, I i i'm genuinely worried about what the future of bioware is because they're apparently making another dragon age game but if this game doesn't sell well what the hell is the future of this studio and what the hell is ea 
going to do uh, if they just rely on their sports franchise? And again, this is just me uh, putting thoughts in the air. This is not definitive, but I don't trust EA to do anything with their studios, right? They can't even manage Star Wars as a franchise after five years. Like multiple projects have been canceled under them or multiple and even multiple PR failures have suffered under them. Like, you know, it's it's interesting with this game coming out because people thought like, okay, Apex Legends came out. Now this game is going to overtake that and make Apex Legends lose its crowd. And not really. Like, that's not actually what happened. Instead, Apex Legends is gaining momentum and Anthem is just not in a great place right now. So, or not in a, I shouldn't say not in a great place. It's just, you know, starting to be out there. And I say that even though it was out a week before the official release on EA Access, which, boy, they, the marketing teams really are trying to hammer down that, you know, that this is the day one patch. And um, it's not really out yet, and it's just all fucking bullshit. So, with that said, I, I, I got this game for free with my PC purchase, so... That's why I felt okay playing through it all, because I got it for free. But for other people, I don't think it's worth paying $60 for this game as of right now. I say wait until they, you know, you know, they have their roadmap for, for 90 days out right now, and they're going to hopefully support it in a way that works out for them. But I don't right now want you to, <laughs> you personally, I, you shouldn't buy this game right now. That's just me. So, with that said, this has been another episode of Bag Atrocious, uh, ending a bit earlier than usual. My sincerest apologies for that, but I haven't had much stuff else to play as of late. So, with that said, if you want to find me, you can find me at twitter.com slash bagmanman, twitch.tv slash bagmanmanman, because the one man was taken, uh, anchor.fm slash bagman for more episodes like this, or at slash support on my Anchor FM page if you'd like to contribute in any shape or fashion. And medium.com slash bagmanman, oh, excuse me, medium.com slash at bagmanman for more uh, written pieces from me. I recently wrote a Crackdown 3 piece that I um, was really happy with, and I would love you to check it out. So thanks for checking out this episode today, and see ya. Bye.